We're glad you've joined us today on the Christian Ministries Church podcast. We believe you'll hear a message that will minister to you and encourage you in your walk with Christ. Let's listen now to the message. We'll turn to 2 Kings chapter 7. Uh, All guest speakers, everybody does this. You, You find the best sermon that you've preached in the last six months and you take on the road with you. Uh, and that's why a guest speaker is always good. Dear Lord, it ought to be. He's preached that everywhere he's been. <clears throat> so guest speakers are always good. Uh, I'm, I'm going to do something a little different today. Uh, I'll, I, I, it, it occurred to me as I've been working on what I want to share for about three or four weeks now because it's about our new year. I haven't preached this. Uh, you know what? I'm going to try this out in Missouri because I don't care if you like it or not, I'm fixing to get in the car and leave. <laughs> See, it needs to be good where I live because then people talk about me to my family. I mean, I live there. So I don't know why I always bring a good sermon up here to preach. I'm fixing to pull one off this morning. I don't know if it's going to fly or not. If it flies, listen to our Hot Springs podcast next week because I'm preaching this baby again if it's good. So uh, we'll just leave it at that. Uh, you know, I love coming here. I, I really enjoy it because it's such a faith builder and it's encouragement to me no one can see their kids grow that that's why I don't know if y'all ever did this but we'd you put a little line in a door facing on the house and you put a date why you do that because you can't see growth because you're there every day and then you come back in six months oh look and so everybody in the family can see growth because we mark it on the thing well I, you, I don't see growth I don't see us doing a whole lot in hot springs, but I come up here, and I, it's been several months since. Oh my goodness! Look, wow! Look at the worship! Look at the look at what's happening! Look at the people! Look at the lives! Look at the yeah. folks locking arms! And so it excites me because I can come up here and see growth. I just want to encourage you today. There's a lot happening right here. There is a now you don't know it because you're here every day and you're getting kind of tired of here, Ashley. But let me just tell you, what's happening here is really good. It's really, really good, and there's a lot of growth, a lot of maturity, uh, a lot of good things happening. I, I just uh, I appreciate what's happening here. I, my goodness, I've been, I don't know, Mel, you mean you, I've known you 20 years, 25 years. Uh, and I, I listened to her podcast, listened to the sermon last week on no apologies, and I just I had to call her. I said, my goodness, what a word. Wow. Well, I hear ministries all over the country, and I just had to call Mel. I said, Mel, I, my goodness, well, that's growth. That's maturity. We're going somewhere. We're, we're moving ahead. And, and clearly, obviously, you, you don't know this. I get it. God's hand's on this ministry. God's hand is powerfully on this school, on this church, on all that's taking place here, on all the events that we hold here, all the Monday night classes that we have. God's doing big things here. And God's footprint is obviously here in this ministry. And you need to know that and you need to remember that because very soon, if it hadn't already happened just last week, you're not going to agree with the decision Ashley made. That's just going to happen. Melanie's going to handle your little brat, I mean your little sweetheart at school. And uh, she's going to handle it all wrong. She just screwed the whole thing up. It was just awful. Chapman's going to deal with your kid in a way you it should have never happened. I get all that. Uh, yeah, there's going to be some girls that had a party and they didn't invite you. And I just 
heart's broken for you. I just hate that. Here's what you need to know. God's doing something here and I ain't leaving. Yeah, all that's just part of life. You, you're not liking this and your feelings getting hurt here and all that's part of life. You need to know God's doing something here and here's where I'm plugged in. Here's where I'm feeding myself. Here's where we're grow, growing and come what may, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be involved in this. We'll turn to 2 Kings chapter 7. This year we're talking about the God kind of life. And in doing so, we're going to be exposing the pagan life. That's what Mel did here, was it last week? Uh, we're, in doing that, we expose the pagan life. Uh, I want to learn what to think, what to do, and I want to learn what not to think and what not to do. And, and the reason that we are so after this, uh, this theme this year is, is because, it's very simple, there is a kind of life that brings life, peace, joy. It just works. And there is a kind of life that eventually, I don't care how fun it is, eventually it's going to kill, steal, it's going to destroy, your whole life is going to unravel. And I didn't say that because I read it, I've watched that happen for 50 years. I will watch that happen. You, you can look around the people that you know and you can see those pursuing the God kind of life, those that aren't, and watch the end result of that in 20 years. I've told you two times now to turn to 2 Kings chapter 7. If you're not there, it's over in the old part. <laughs> chapter 7, it's really weird. It just falls right in there between 6 and 8. That's just where you're going to find chapter 7. So after the third time I've mentioned this, if you don't have it, give up. I'll read it to you. Mark your little deal there. If, if you've got a nice Bible that has these things. And mark your deal because we're going to stay here for the whole um, two-hour sermon today. It's going to be right here in this passage. Verse 3, chapter 7. Now there were four men with leprosy sitting at the entrance of the city gates. Why should we sit here waiting to die? The, the title of today's message is, let, let's don't sit here. Let, let, let's don't sit here. Let's, let's don't just sit here and, and wait I mean, here we are, we're just sitting here waiting for some time in the future for us to finally die. Uh, let's don't do that. Verse 3, there were four men with leprosy sitting at the entrance of the city gates. Why should we sit here waiting to die? We'll starve if we stay here, but with the famine in the city, we're going to starve if we go back there. So we might as well go out and surrender to the Armenian army. If they let us live, so much better. If they kill us, we're going to die anyway. So at twilight, they set out for the camp of the Armenians. But when they came to the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the Armenian army to hear the clatter of speeding chariots and galloping horses and sounds of a great army approaching. The king of Israel has hired the Hittites and the Egyptians to attack us, they cried to one another. So they panicked, and they ran into the night, abandoning their tents, horses, donkeys, everything else, as they fled for their lives. When the four lepers come sauntering in to camp, they just went to one tent after another, eating and drinking, and carried off silver and gold and clothing and hid it. And finally, they said to each other, Well, hold on. This isn't right. This is a day of good news. And we aren't sharing it with anyone. If we wait until morning, some calamity is going to certainly fall on us. Come on, let's go back and tell the people at the palace. 
So they went back to the city. They told the gatekeepers what had happened. We went out to the Armenian camp. They said no one was there. The horses, the donkeys tethered, and the tents were in order. But there wasn't a single person around. The gatekeeper shouted the good news to the people in the palace. There's been two Julian sermons preached on this passage, very familiar passage, but it so lines up. There's so many lessons here for us to see about the vision and the direction of our church for this year. The lepers lived outside the city. It's the only way they ate. The city dumped scraps out there. But the famine had gotten so bad that there weren't being any scraps left to dump. The question that I want to start out with today is, what condition could you possibly have today that's keeping you from life and life more abundant? What condition is going to keep you from experiencing the God kind of life that we're after this year? What condition could you possibly have that's eventually going to kill, steal, and destroy you? See, the mentality of one being stolen from, the mentality of one having life pulled away from them is that I have no power to do anything about this. See, I can't do anything about this. Here is my lot in life. Here's where I am. I can do nothing about my situation. That is the mindset of somebody who's unhappy. That's the mindset of somebody who's depressed. That's the mindset of somebody who's outside the city. Outside the city, you're outside of where everybody's having fun. You're outside of where everybody's enjoying life. You're outside looking in. And the mindset, 100% of the time, of that person is, woe is me. Someone do something for me, and they sit right here. The title of today is, don't sit right here. Don't, don't sit right there. And that's, it's sad because many live their entire life sitting right there. And you are outside where it's happening. And you're, you're just sitting there. What condition could you have that's keeping you on the outside looking in? I don't, are you shy? This could be happening right here. Right here. I mean, everybody's in here. We're all having a great time. And all have good friends in here and hugging and everybody's kissing, shaking hands. And, oh, it's just great. And, and you're outside. You're clearly outside. Are you shy? Are you insecure? Or, or do you not have any social skills and you don't know how to get involved with other people? Maybe it's your past. Maybe the hurts, the pains, the wounds of your past. Maybe you're 50 years old today and it's something that happened to you when you were 7 and 9 and 11. You, it's still, your past causes you to withdraw because you, don't, you just can't afford for anybody to know about what you've been through or what's happened to you. See, you, you hear all the fun. You see all the people having a great life, but you're outside the great life. You're outside the God kind of life. You're really going nowhere. You're not doing much. The fact is... You're just kind of waiting to die. And that's sad when you're 18. That's really sad when you're 18 years old. And you're just here. And it looks like from all of the nothing you're doing is you're just waiting to die. You could be in this room today. You know, you could be in a CMA classroom in the morning. You could be right here and part of a great school. Everybody loves this school. Everybody's having a great time. Everybody thanks God for this school. But you, you're just there. See, you're just, you're just 
outside. You got to be careful about this thinking. That, that look what was done to me. Look what I've been through. Look, you got to be careful about that because it'll steal life from you. These four lepers sat there every single day. Sat there every day. Now, I mean, they were living there. It wasn't, this wasn't just five minutes ago. They were living there. They had obviously developed the mindset. They had obviously locked in on, here's my situation. Poor me. Somebody feed me. Somebody meet my needs. Somebody make me happy. See, the question I have today is, at what point in your life do you say, why am I just sitting here waiting to die? Why am I sitting here? What? I see this watching basketball all the time with the way TV is today. That's just about all Terry and I watch every single night is a basketball game. And you can sure, well, you watch it every night in, in, in college basketball. You watch it, you watch it tomorrow night in our basketball game right here. It'll happen right here in this court. You watch it. The referee will make a bad call. I mean, it's bad. The referee will make a wrong call. And that so gets in the player's head. Look what was done to me. I was fouled. And you watch your body language. So what do they do? They run down to the other end and foul somebody and get their fourth foul. See, so what do they do? They're so mad, they throw four bricks in a row up. They can't hit the backboard anymore. See, no doubt it was a wrong call. I get it. I saw the replay. The guy fouled the heck out of you. Nobody blew the whistle. But you still got a game to win. And that, that bad call has got to go out of your mind instantly, and you've got to go back down here and play defense because, see, regardless of the bonehead referee, you still got a game to win. He's not going to have a loss on his record. You're going to have a loss on your record. There's no doubt about it. You got a wrong call. Life did you wrong. I just, I'm crying for you. I just hate it for you. Such a sad story. And well, we'll just circle our chairs up and we go all around the room. And, oh, that's terrible. Okay, what terrible happened to you? I mean, you, everybody's got a sad story. We can just all go tell them. Or you can say, you know, a bad call in life is not going to stop me from being happy. Because a bad call can't stop you from being happy. See, you are a good shooter. Go hit the basket. Go shoot. Go make the point. That bad call can't alter your next shot unless you let it. See, the title today is, I don't know if I mentioned this, don't sit here. See, don't sit here. It's past time you throw away that old violin. Because I just want to ask people, aren't you tired of playing it? Because I'm really tired of hearing it. (laughs) Same old song, poor me, somebody do something for me. I think that's why we have so many counseling counseling centers. I just can keep changing one so I can tell somebody new about what happened to me. (laughs) At some point, when do you get sick and tired of being sick and tired? How long will you sit here and let this self-pity, my mom, my dad, my dad never came to any of my ball games. I was just terrible. I hate your dad didn't see you play ball. You were so good. Bad marriage, somebody, my wife, she, anger, what she said about me. What condition is keeping you outside the city? What condition is killing, stealing, and destroying from you today? The title today is, if I hadn't mentioned this, don't just sit here. Don't, don't just sit here. 
You're not a victim. Your unhappiness is not your mom's fault. All you young people, your unhappiness is not your dad's fault. Your unhappiness is not the referee's fault. Your unhappiness is not your wife's fault. Don't sit here because this year we're going to live a God kind of life. That's what we're fixing to do here. And I don't want to see anybody that's a member of this church sit outside that city and miss living the God kind of life like the rest of us are going to live. 2 Kings chapter 7. The thought always, if I get up and go do something, it might not work. Oh, what if I die? What if they kill us? What if, see, there, the thought instantly is, it, see, if I go try out for the play, they may not give me the part. See, what if I go get involved and they don't want me? What if I apply for the job and I get rejected? See, that, that thought hits us. Okay, I, we're going to get up and go do something. First thought, what if? What, what if? Well, and I love what it says in verse 4. I'm dying right here. You're unhappy right here, so what more could make you more unhappy? See, you're you're not happy now, so if you go and apply for the job and they don't hire you, you're already unhappy anyway. How long will we sit here and what's not working? The way you talk to your wife is not working, and you just keep doing it day after day after day. Never has worked. Never has worked. Come on, how long will we sit here? I'm not in a happy place right now. Well, get up and get yourself involved with people who are happy. Get get up and get hooked, get connected. See, get up and get yourself somewhere that that happiness can come to you. See, there's food over there, and I'm not going to sit here. There's fun over there. I'm going to go get involved. See, there's something happening. I'm going to be a part of that. See, we're having a ball game here tomorrow night. I don't know one person playing, but there's going to be a lot of cheering, a lot of hollering, and I'm going to go down there and get involved in that thing. I'm going to take my shirt off and write stallions across my chest. I'm not going to sit here in my house being depressed. I'm going to go get where there's a lot of yelling and a lot of hollering. and a lot of. I'm going to go. Come on. Now watch this, verse 5. At twilight, they set out. Now here's what I want you to see. Verse 6. For the Lord caused. Now here's the main point of this whole deal. As long as you sit there, the Lord didn't do nothing. Now now let this verse 6 soak into you. When did the Lord cause? The Lord caused it when you got tired of sitting there and said, I'm going to make a change in my life. If you will decide, I'm going to make a change in my life, then the Lord will start lining things up for you and making a path for you. The doors will start opening. If you, But see, the doors are all closed because you're sitting there. Now, you want the Lord to start opening doors and get up. This just can't happen for Christian Ministries church members this year. You're going to have to shake off your lot in life. See, my granddad was broke. My dad's broke. Everybody's broke in our family. I'll be broke. See, everybody's unhappy. We got alcoholics in my family. I guess I should be one too. Come on. Shake off your lot in life. I'm changing the way I think. 
right here, right now. I'm not going to sit here in this depression. I'm changing the way. See, I'm not sitting here till I die. I'm going to begin with what I can do. And when you do, the Lord calls things to happen in your life. Quit sitting there waiting on God to bring you the God kind of life. It ain't coming. You're going to miss the God kind of life. You're missing it. You're going to have to get up from where you're sitting and say, I'm going to have the God kind of life this year in my home and in my family. See, elementary was fun. A fun time. But you got in junior high and you weren't very good at sports. And so you kind of drew into a shell. And all of a sudden, you didn't really fit in with the popular. I don't know who's popular in the seventh grade. Uh, they all need braces. But anyway, uh, just, but you didn't get in with the in crowd. And so then it started your life outside the city. Right there in the 7th and 8th grade. See, you, you had a great time in high school. Boy, you were just the star. I mean, it was you had a high school year of all high school years. Then you got out and you went to work and you came home. Then you got up and went to work and you came home. And you got up and went to work. And then at 18, it, the thought hit you, I'm going to do this the rest of my life. Just get up and go to work and come home and get up. And so, so all of a sudden, you, you draw away into this little depressive shell, and you quit coming on Monday nights to the ball games. Say, so you quit getting, okay, let me get involved. Let me do, see, you got married, and then you got bills and responsibility. What happened? You just eased outside the city gates and just set up camp out there. Verse 5, verse 6, verse 7, look at this. When the lepers got up, God got involved. The title of today's message is don't just sit here. Now, I want to caution you. Your condition moves you outside. And before you know it, one week turns into one month, turns into a year, and now you've got a lifestyle of living outside the city. You, you just, you withdrawn, and you just stay at home, and you just, and so now first thing you know, you're 25, then you're 30, and then first thing you know, you're 35, and then first thing you know, you've lived your whole life outside the city, just waiting to die. You're just stuck there while there's a land that's flowing with milk and honey. Wow. Stop this victim thinking. you got to stop it. It's going to be a great year for Christian Ministries Church. Yeah, yeah. But it's going to take work. Right. And here's what I want to talk to you about today. It's going to take work. Oh, whoa, I, God kind of life. Oh, I'm just, oh, Pastor, I'm so excited about the theme this year. <laughs> We're fixing to find out if you are because it's going to take work. Wow. It's going to take a lot of work. It's not going to be delivered to you. See, God delivered his people from slavery in Egypt. God delivered us from our slavery to sin. But just as he told them now, you're going to have to fight if you're going to live in that land flowing with milk and honey. If we're going to walk in the God kind of life, we're going to have to fight for it. You know, the fairy tales, I think, shaped us as kids growing up. They rode off on a horse and lived happily ever after. And that's just a lie. I have horses. That scene, the boy and the girl riding down the beach, she's holding on. I mean, they're just riding down the beach, and the waves are crashing, the sun's going down. That's all a lie. Somebody's got to be down there with a horse trailer. Somebody's got to be, somebody's going to have to unsaddle the dumb thing. Somebody's going to have to go home and clean the stall. Somebody's got to get water, and when it's frozen solid, you're going to have to bust the water. in. See, somebody's going to have to shoe it. Somebody's going to have to worm it. Somebody's going to have to doctor the dumb thing. Somebody's going to float its teeth. I mean, see, I love riding a horse. That's what I do. But you need to know it's only in the movie that you ride off into happily ever after. 
See, that's only in the movies, and that's a lie. Somehow we got this mentality that I'm just going to live the God kind of life because pastor said we are. You can't sit right where you are and enjoy this. Yeah, that's not going to happen. If your home's going to be fun, then you can't sit where you are. You're going to have to make it fun. If your marriage is going to be great, you can't sit where you are. You're going to have to make a great marriage. If your life is going to be full, then you're going to have to get up and make it full. If you're going to have a lot of friends, then you're going to have to get up and be friendly to a lot of people. I can't teach a message without giving some one, two, threes on how to do it. Uh, I, and, I, and I always like to as a teacher. I'm going to give you four steps today. Now, I like to do that. For those who are really bored right now, you can know when I get to three, I'm almost done. See, so then you can start getting your purse and getting everything ready to go, and we're about done. Well, we got four to go. We're just starting number one, okay? Write these down. Number one, throw the violin away. We're tired of hearing it. Verse 5 through 11, when you get up and you get involved in making a change, then you're going to find there's nobody keeping you from a blessed life. There's not anybody keeping you from being happy. Not anybody. But you ain't going to do it until you get up. You're going to have to get up. Quit sitting there. Throw that old violin away. We've got all kinds of things going on right here in this church. We can volunteer to be a substitute teacher. Anytime some teacher volunteer, I'll come down there. You call me. I can be down there. Volunteer to substitute. Come help and clean the place. Come on, Pastor Ashley. I'll go visit people. Who needs? There's somebody that's just having. I'll go cook for them. I'll take food down here. I'll take food on Monday to somebody. I'll go help clean church on Tuesday. So give me a list of people that need something. I'm going to meet that need. So get involved. Sign up for the greeting team. Sign up for the security team. Sign up for your turn to work in the coffee shop. Well, I could but take a guitar lesson, learn how to play, and then come up here and give Rob a break for crying out loud. Go learn to play the guitar. See, whatever is going on, you get up and do something about getting involved. Get, drive a van. Hey, how I can help. Come to the game and just be a fan. I mean, just come and be a, a support. See, when is the last time you drove your neighbor to their doctor's appointment? There's, everybody here has got somebody that lives by themselves in your neighborhood, in your area. When do you ever just knock on the door and say, anytime you need to go to the doctor, you call me? See, are you involved in giving and being part of life? What's keeping you this year from the God kind of life? You just keep sitting there. This year's going to be work. It's an exciting theme. Oh, that was neat. Ashley sent me a picture. That sign out on the front, out here as you walk in, the God kind of life. And I thought, we'll see. (laughs) That's fun hanging the sign. Oh, I love our theme pastor. Okay, well, we'll see. Are you tired of playing that violin? Are you going to have the God kind of life? Number two. Number two, 2 Corinthians tells us to take every thought captive. Now, in the Greek, that word means every. You know, people like to know what the Greek word is. Well, it means every. 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 3 and 4, the first thing that had to happen for those four lepers is they had to take the thoughts captive that had kept them sitting there day after day after day. So whatever thoughts they had that kept them sitting, and obviously their thoughts, your thoughts cause you to do what you do. So obviously their thoughts 
kept them sitting there, the Bible says, day after day. So the first thing that had to happen is they're going to have to take these thoughts captive. You're sitting where you are because of what you've been thinking about yourself, about your condition, about the other girls in high school, about your school, about your job loss, about your boss, about your situation. See, this leprosy has me and there's nothing I can do. You're sitting where you are because of what you've been thinking about others, about what they think of you, what they will think I'm intolerant, I'm unloving, I'm outdated, I'm old-fashioned. It's our thinking. It's our thinking that's got us outside the city. I just heard this last week. I thought this was classic. At 20 years old, you're worried sick about what others think about you. At 40 years old, you get real cocky. Pride and arrogance take over. You don't care what anybody thinks of you. I don't care what I don't live my life. I don't care what other people think about me. Then at 60, it's a neat deal. You find out nobody's ever really been thinking about you. (laughs) Not nobody's thought about you. I don't care what they think. They ain't thinking about you. They could care a flying flip about you. So I thought that was funny. No one really thought anything about the lepers outside the gate. They're in here doing their deal. Well, they think, well, they won't, well, they... Ain't nobody even thinking about you. You're outside the gate. We're done messing with you. Just sit over and pout. Say, well, you're just, you're withdrawn. You're outside the gate. What are they thinking about? But we ain't. Not at all. Come on, take your thoughts captive. I'm refusing to think a thought that keeps me unhappy. I'm not going to think a thought that keeps me jerked up. See, there's not one single place in the Bible do we read anything about what was done to you. You you don't read anything in the Bible about what happened in your mother's womb that made it now impossible for you to be happy. There's no place in the Bible that says how to deal with the fact your dad didn't come watch you play basketball. You don't read about a place where the, the referee made a bad call. My boss doesn't appreciate me. Here, the point of 2024 is those are not God kind of thoughts. And if you continue to think thoughts that are not the God kind of thoughts, then you won't join us in living the God kind of life. Number one, throw away the violin. Number two, Take every thought captive. Excitement is building because I'm headed into number three. Matthew 12, 44, Luke eleven twenty five. Jesus warns us about sweeping the house clean. Y'all, y'all know the story. Now, we talk about a whole lot about taking those thoughts captive. You've got to take those thoughts captive. I want to warn you about taking your thoughts captive and stopping there. Number three is Philippians 4, 8. Think on these things. So I want to warn you about taking every thought captive and not putting these thoughts. You know, you got the list. Whatever is excellent, whatever is worthy of praise, whatever is honorable, whatever is true, whatever is right. See, you can't clean the house if you're not going to put something back in the house. You check. There's a list. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Y'all know the list. That list you can put in your mind, and every thought you have, you check it with that list. Is this thought excellent? Is this thought a good thought? See, you got to check. 
okay, it doesn't line up with the God kind of thought. See, I want the God kind of life, then it's going to be important that I think the God kind of thoughts. Now, this is a daily battle. Is what I'm thinking right now, lovely, is it worthy of praise? All day long, second by second. It's a battle, it's a battle all day long. That car just cuts you off. All of a sudden, you start honking the horns, giving sign language. Come on, don't let's. The guy in front of you, the light turned green and he's texting. Okay, is that what you want to do right now? Here's, I, I love this. My doctor's appointment was at 2. So I get there at 145. At 315, I'm still sitting there. Does he not think my time is important to me as his time is to him? I'm going to get up and I'm going to get. Here's this little girl he just hired last week. She don't know nothing about this. But I'm fixing to chew her out about the doctor's schedule. She's boss. She can't go back there. You get off your rear and see this man. I mean, what is she going to go back there and do? But I'm fixing to give her an earful. All these thoughts, I've had all I can tell you. I tell you what you do. You call me when he has time to see me. Because I've been sitting here an hour and a half and I ain't sitting here. See, Okay, hold on. Let me get my checklist. Why I'm telling you this is because those thoughts you're having aren't going to give you the God kind of life. Now, you can storm out of there. I mean, I suggest you slam the door. You know, maybe kick a chair going down the hall. That, that will really help you live the God kind of life. So you're going to walk out, you're going to have a knot in your stomach, back of your neck. <sighs> well, it's going to ruin the next three or four hours of your life until you finally decide, you know, if I could have sat there another five minutes, I probably could have had this behind me. You drive across town to get something. I don't know why this is just my lot in life. The shelves are crammed full, and there's a vacancy right here on the one item that I needed. I mean, three rows of shelves slam full, and there's a hole right here. And the other day, I just stood at that hole. (laughs) Words were coming to me that I didn't know I remembered. And I'm looking for me somebody in that little blue vest. What the heck? Okay, hold on. Is the thoughts I'm having, staring at this hole, going to produce the God kind of afternoon? See, that's why I'm just telling you, we're all excited about our theme. We just think it's great. We're all on board. We're so excited about the sign out front. It's going to be rough. It's going to take a lot of work if you're going to join in with us. And this is the home, the marriage, the life, the heart. If this see the God kind of life, it's going to take work. It's going to take work. I decided to be happy today. I decided to be blessed today. I decided to live the God kind of life. So here's what I got to think. This last week, I was having lunch with a young man. And he said, Tim, I just, I need you to help me. I just, I'm, I, I live so stressed out. I was the wrong guy to tell that to. Really? Really? I'm just... He said, I just get so stressed out. I said, what could you possibly have to be stressed over? You ain't married. You don't have no kids. You have a nice pickup. You got a house. You got food. You got money. 
You do whatever. You, you, just come up with what you could be stressed over and tell me. He's got this blank look on his face. I said, seriously, what could you, come on, what yeah, did, yeah. Did, did anybody walk in the snow here? <laughs> you rode here in a car and got the dang heated seat, heated your rear end while you drove up here. <laughs> I'm just so stressed. You don't know what stressed is. <laughs> anybody in here hadn't eaten in the last three days? Yeah. Come on, when you start getting, oh, stressed, I'm just so stressed. Let's just hold on. Yeah. I got a house. I got a car. I got a great church. Yeah. Do you realize you could make one phone call and you could have 50 people at your house in probably 15? Any one of you in here can make one phone call and you have 50 people at your house and they'd be breaking the speed limit getting there. One phone call. Not everybody in the world can say that. What, what do you possibly have to be stressed about? What do you possibly have to be jerked up about? Come on, let's live the God kind of life, and I'm refusing all of these thoughts to get me jerked up. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. Now watch this. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. All right. Number four, this year, to live a new kind of life, we're going to have to become a new person by changing the way we think. Yeah. Now, I want you to watch this change that takes place. Chapter 7, verse 9. Duh, hold on. This is not right. The, yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. See, a change in the way they think took place in verse 9. Oh, hold on. This is not right. We aren't sharing this with anyone. Let's go tell other people. See, they became a changed person in the way they think. Verse 9, these lepers moved in their thinking from thinking only about themselves and their leprosy. To They had a change and said, we got to go think about somebody else. You know, there's people back there that's hungry. There's people back there that's thirsty. See, they hadn't thought the first thought about anybody but themselves for all of it. It said day after day after day, they sat outside the city. Why are you outside the city? It's because you think about nobody but yourself. This is hard. And boy, we are in an era in history that, dear Lord, we think about nobody but me. Nobody. Do you ever think about the other girls in school and how they may be hurt? Do, do you ever think about anybody but yourself? My feelings, my drives. While you're a jerk and you're sitting in the classroom and, and they pull you into the office, here's the deal with Chapman. Chapman wanted to be a worldwide speaker, a personal pilot, flying them all over the nation speaking and people hanging on every word. That's what he wanted to be. He never dreamed of sitting in one of those little rooms over there with your sorry rear end. Dealing with your stinking attitude, and now he's in, and you're, you're sort of, do you ever think about, what? I wonder what Chapman's thinking right now. I wonder, is this fun for him? I wonder, is this the joy of his day? 
No, no, no. All you do, he said, and I mean, I'm, I'm too. I'm not having any fun here either, Bug. See, but we, there is no thought about anybody else. I can tell you what you do. They didn't treat your little sweetie precious right. You come down here, and you get up in Mel's face, and you give her an ear. You think she wants that? I didn't want to be here. Dumb place. God called me here. He brought me and assigned me. Do you think I chose, oh, what I'd like to do is come down and deal with your spoiled little kid? Now, that's not the joy of her life. But why don't you think about how this is going to affect Mel before you drive down here and get out of that car and I'm going to go. See, if we're going to have the God kind of life, we're going to have to think about somebody besides ourselves. See, a change, a total change took place in those lepers thinking because day after day after day, they sat outside the city gates and thought about nobody but themselves. But what turned in their life is when they started thinking about, wait, how would this affect my mom? I wonder how this would affect my dad. If I do this, if I acted like that, if I decided to do this, how would that make my dad? You know, my dad sacrificed a lot for me. I wonder how that would make him feel if I come out of the closet with this big announcement. I wonder how that's going to make my mom feel. Does anybody think about anybody except what I want to do right now? Does anybody think about what, what effect would my actions have on my church? Well, what I'm out here in, in, in this community. Everybody knows where I go to school. How would this affect a school that a lot of people are sacrificing their time, their effort, their money to provide an alternative for our community? Now, I wonder how my actions are going to play out and affect my season. They can, Verse 9, you got to see this. They came to themselves and they said there are other people to consider. I get it. You're depressed today. Well, I hate that for you, but what about your wife? I, I hate that for you, but what about the coworkers that's got to put up with you moping around? I hate that for you, but what about your church? What about your children? See, there's other people. I hate the fact that you got a headache. I, that's just terrible. I hate headaches, and I hate you got one, but what does that have to do with your husband? What does that have to do with your children? What does that have to do with your family? I, I hate that. See, you had a traumatic childhood. That is heartbreaking. But what about meeting the needs of your husband? Well, what about, come on, I'm just asking. You're sitting outside, nobody here. No, what are you doing to make CMA a better school? What are you doing to make Christian ministries a better church? Jesus came, now listen to this, that we might have life and life more abundant. Now hold on, what did that just say? It said you might not. Don't run life and life. See, we get to the life and the life more abundant. We don't get to the might not. See, you might have it, but what that tells me is you might not. Wow. You, you just See, Jesus has done his part. Wow. He's, he's done his part. The God kind of life has been paved for you to have. That has been done, and that's been established. Now, number one, throw away that old violin. Number two, take every thought captive. Number three, think on these things. And number four, move your thinking from yourself to others. And this year is going to be a great year for Christian Ministries Church. Don't just sit up. Don't just sit here. You get up and have the God kind of life.
Ho, y'all stand with me. Thank you for being part of our podcast today. You'll find more online messages from Christian Ministries Church, as well as location information on our website at cmchurch.net. There's a place for you at Christian Ministries Church, where it's more than a church, it's family.